I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today is Asia Marsh. She is a runner, a momentum coach, uh, and a Boston qualifier in 2019. So thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, my first question is, how did you get into running? Well, um, so I grew up uh, in a household where we always had to do a sport. So, um, so I grew up doing gymnastics and softball and uh, I played basketball. And then by the time I got to high school, you know, the levels of all of those things were quite intense and I wasn't really ready or kind of in the right physical place to, to do any of those sports at that level. Um, and so my dad encouraged me to do track or cross country. And the idea of doing cross country seemed really intimidating. So I, I did track and, um, and so, yeah, I started in, in the ninth grade and I wasn't certainly wasn't the fastest or the most naturally gifted in that, but, um, but I worked really hard and it was something that I really enjoyed doing, um, to kind of, you know, it was one of the few areas where I could just, it didn't have to be about grades or anything like that. It was just about how much I pushed myself and how hard I tried. And I really liked that aspect of it. Were you a sprinter or a distance runner at that time? I was doing middle distance. So I did 400, four by four, 800, and occasionally I did the mile, but the 800 was my main distance. The 800 is such a, (laughs) it is such an interesting race. It is hard to find people who truly love it because it just hangs right in that middle of mm-hmm. all out sprint and having to have just enough endurance to get through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a good challenge. And I liked that I, you know, I got to do the 400 and the four by four too, just to have something that went by a little quicker. <laughs> <laughs> that it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's re- always harder to get those 400 runners to move up to the 800 than it is to get some milers to move down, at least in mm-hmm. my experience. Mm-hmm. But you never had any interest in, in testing that endurance in, in high school and try and cross country, huh? No. Um, you know, it's funny because when I was probably like in the eighth grade, I was in between sports and my dad was like, oh, why don't you try soccer? Because my brothers, my younger brothers are playing soccer. And I remember like the first practice, the coach was like, oh, you know, an average game, you'll run like two to three miles. And I was like, nope, I'm out, you know, (laughs) not excited, Um, you know, and I think even for just a warm up for for soccer practice, it was almost a mile warm up and I was not about it at that time. And so it's funny because, you know, as life changes, you know, things sort of evolve. But um, yeah, I wasn't really interested in in doing that. But there was a time, um, I mean, I basically ran year round for my last two years of high school. And um, I would say that I was like in the sort of gym class that was the for the track team. And then I had practice after school as well. And so um, there was a time where I was actually running in the morning with the cross country or the like the longer distance um, athletes. And then I would run again in the afternoon with the uh, track with the track team. So I kind of had this dual uh, like build up 
time that I don't I feel like I was the only one who was doing that I'm not sure if that's true but I, I felt like I was the only one who had two practices in a day for about a month or two leading up to the regular season yeah that's uh doing two days it, it can be so helpful especially you know um in high school kind of those uh junior seniors as they have some more experience behind them but it uh it leaves its mark for sure yeah <laughs> Um, and, and where were you, where was this at? Um, where did you go to high school? Yeah, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. So, um, so I was at Marshall High School there. Okay. And so what, how did you make that transition from kind of middle distance in um, high school into then getting into the marathon kind of later in life? Did you end up running in college at all? Were you doing 5Ks? Like, I'm, I'm curious on how that process ended up uh, going for you? Yeah. Um, so I ran in college. I mean, I didn't run in college in that way. I ran for just for fitness and for fun um, in college. And so, you know, I, I'd run a few miles at a time, nothing crazy, just basically to stay in shape. And, and I started running more after college. I, I really wanted to, at a certain point, I, I was really feeling like I wanted to do some road races. It was something I'd actually never done uh, up to that point in my early 20s. And um, I'd been curious about it. And so um, I started, you know, looking at what some opportunities were with this sort of bigger goal of running a half marathon is this of, you know, being like, this is going to be the ultimate hard thing to do. And, um, and so that was something I had in mind. But um, yeah, so I think it was in my early 20s, I started uh, running a little bit more intentionally. And I did my first half marathon, I want to say in 2008. And before that, I'd done a couple of road races, 5Ks, 5-milers. Um, I did a 10-miler as well up leading up to that. And so in that process, I started a, a running group that was probably the really big reason that I started running as much as I, I did in my early and mid-20s and up till now. I'm now I'm in my I guess going into my late thirties, uh, <laughs> so um, so that's so that was a big turning point for me um, in the in my early I guess early mid twenties, joining this running or starting this running group and and that really propelled my running in a big way. Did you kind of have this idea of starting a group to kind of help with your own running, or or what, what was the reasoning be, be behind having the need to to form a group? Uh, so I lived in Williamsburg, Brooklyn at, at this time, and I, uh, and my my partner, um, who I'm still with, but my partner at the time then, you know, he was a runner as well, and he'd done a half marathon, and this was before I'd done one, and so that was really a, a fun way for us to bond when we first started dating, and I, you know, we both lived in Williamsburg and Greenpoint areas of North Brooklyn, and this is a very uh, sort of transient uh, area of, you know, at least at the time of young people. And so, you know, we were getting up early in the morning and going to the subway and being on the train as people were coming home from parties and bars and stuff. And it was really disconcerting to see that. But then there were other people who were also, um, were also going to these races in Central Park uh, and people that I saw running when it was cold outside uh, around the track at McCarran Park. And, and, and I was like, these are my people because I really, you know, I didn't have a lot of love for that party scene. And it was something that I was intentionally not super involved with. And I 
wanted to be more in touch with these other folks who were doing, you know, similar activities to me. Um, but I'm not a particularly outgoing person. So I was not going to just sort of randomly go up to people and talk to them. And, and so I thought about starting a group and um, I really resisted the idea for a while, uh, but it just kept nagging at me. And eventually I was like, okay, I'm just going to hang up some flyers around where there's going to be other runners. So like in the park and, you know, at gyms and, and um, some of the coffee shops and just see what happens. Um, I was, you know, really honestly, my thought was that this was going to be a group of like, there'll be like 20 of us and we'll do a few miles a couple of times a week and it'll be a social activity, but a way for us to kind of bond over something that we already do, um, you know, which is how a lot of running groups form. And, um, and it exploded uh, entirely in, in the best way, um, but it, de- it definitely grew really quickly and kind of beyond anything I anticipated ever. Uh, that's pretty amazing. You know, it's, it's funny hearing you talk about um, in there saying that you're not outgoing, but the, you know, the personality that I see on Instagram when you're when you're sharing things seems very much outgoing. It, it seems hard to picture you not just walking up to someone and being like, hey, you look like a runner, want to join my group? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible some of that could be different now, but that's not really my you know, my, my way, I guess, you know, like when I'm doing my Instagram videos, I'm in my home, I'm in my comfort, comfort zone. I am not really like having other people looking at me, um, at, at least not live. Right. So like, <laughs> that really helps. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's just, it is a different sort of thing, but that's still part of me. It's just, uh, it's just a different, a different way out in the real world, uh, can be a different situation. That's for sure. I I get you on that. I'm, I'm the same way. You talk about this group. So it's called the North Brooklyn Runners, right? That's correct. And so it just kind of exploded. So as it exploded and, and now you're kind of running this group that you thought might be 20 or so runners is I'm, I'm imagining a lot more than that. Like <laughs> what problems did you run into that you had to like kind of learn how to manage on the fly? Well, so initially, so, you know, we hung up these flyers in January of 2009 and that's cold, right? So like the people who were initially responding to these flyers were more of the hardcore runners, people who were running all year round and people who were running enough that they felt like it would be fun to join a group. So our initial, you know, meeting was just maybe 10 people, like it was as relatively small. Um, but as, the the weather warmed up going into the spring uh, more and more people started started coming you know coming to the to the runs and then people were like oh we should have you know a speed work uh workout you know on this and such and such a day and and so you know so those things started happening pretty quickly and by the summer we had several hundred people uh and you know in that time you know in those first few months especially even as we grew you know the sort of email list and things like that um there were still workouts that we would have and no one would show up and and so really you know it was all about just being consistent and saying like okay well like we've said that you know tuesday thursday saturday are the runs we're going to do and whoever is leading that run shows up and waits and if no one shows up then that's okay like we'll just 
be here again next week at the same time and and um, and we'll still do the workout anyway and so that I think that sort of attitude of just sticking with it regardless really made a difference as well as you know before too long I really had to ask for some help with um, just responding to the emails because all we had was like a gmail address and and people would just email saying that they were interested there was no other you know formalized way of people expressing their interest and um, and so I had one of the other members of the group was like, okay, well, you know, I can help respond to emails. And that was really useful. And, you know, over time we got more systems in place and more people doing more things, but it it just grew really quickly. And we started doing, um, you know, we made, we like had a, (laughs) had a party uh, where we just like drew or painted on t-shirts. We didn't have (laughs) anything, you know, official and, and, um, and, you know, so it was just this really beautiful, like organic kind of thing. And, you know, it was, there's no cost to it. Um, nobody pays any dues or anything like that. And that's still true even now. I mean, I'm not involved in the group now, but uh, I still kind of keep in touch with what's going on there. And, and you know, it's a, it's a free group and it's a community-based organization. And that was really something that was really important to me was just having something that was accessible and it wasn't about the money that you did or didn't spend and um you know and people found ways to spend money anyway you know if they wanted to <laughs> um you know we created a lot of different gear and things like that but just in terms of keeping it in it, it, i mean i think really all it came down to was just the consistency of you know a couple of people who came on early into the group had also said they started they tried to start a running group and and it didn't take and i think that part of it is just that you have to kind of stick through those cold nights when no one shows up to your to your workout and just keep doing that anyway. And it really did pay off in that sense. That's that's pretty awesome. And I know that the the people I've talked to, like for here that have, you know, were run with um, Duke's Track Club and stuff, like it's pretty it seems like a pretty tight knit community um like people are making friends and and they're who they hang out with and things like that did you find that kind of community growing within um the north brooklyn runners as well oh my gosh so much um and you know i think for me that is the biggest reward for having done it was just the relationships that formed within that group and um you know i mean i started it in a sense for me because i wanted to have people who did activities that I did, right? <laughs> um, but it was really beautiful to see how many, you know, still to this day, friendships and, and marriages and relationships and babies, like all these things that have, um, you know, really sprung out of, of what people, you know, of the, of the bonds people formed in that group. And, and that's really amazing to me. And, um, you know, even though it grew into this massive group, I mean, I think, uh, by the time I left New York uh, almost six years ago, I want to say the group had a couple thousand people in it. And wow. um, and probably out of that couple thousand, you know, you probably had like a, several hundred who were super active. And, um, and I think there was something like 10 or more maybe um, group runs a week. And there were even like splinter groups in different parts of Brooklyn of, you know, people who were moving out of the neighborhood, but there was like a good contingent in different parts of, <laughs> of Brooklyn. So they kind of would do their own runs, but still kind of rock the North Brooklyn Runners banner. And um, yeah, I mean, it just, I think it's just so great to see, you know, how 
much, um, you know, influence that's had in people's lives. And I mean, I, I, I can't even know the depth of that, but just from what I see, um, I think it's really great. And it, for me, it's, it's, it's really one of my, the top accomplishments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I just, it sounds really cool. And I mean, I can hear as you talk about it, just your, your excitement for it, which is just, I mean, obviously awesome. You know, you talked about coming out to, to Santa Fe about six years ago. What brought you to New Mexico, to Santa Fe? Um, yeah, well, you know, my partner and I had been looking to leave New York for a while and didn't really know where we wanted to go. I, by the time we left, I'd lived there for just about 11 years and I really wanted some place where I could be in nature more, where I could be outside more, uh, some place with better weather. Like, you know, it's fine for to like I appreciate in Santa Fe that there are all four seasons, um, but the weather is overall just nicer than in New York, which kind of is extreme in every direction to me. <laughs> um, and just some place that where th- could have a sort of different lifestyle, different kind of life. And I think big cities, especially kind of and cities like New York really make you feel like they're the only place in the world that makes any sense to be, um, which I was like, I know this can't be true, but I need to go (laughs) and try it out for myself. And so um, we'd come to Northern New Mexico on a vacation a couple years prior, a friend, uh, family friend had, had lived out here and um, said how nice it was. And it was just not anything I was familiar with. I wasn't familiar with the state at all. I've never been here. And so we went on a vacation and it was one of our, you know, our, there's just something magical about this, this area Um, (laughs) and the sunshine and all of these things. And, you know, we also wanted a place with nicer air quality and things. And so, um, you know, so we came on vacation, it was really great. And we, in the, in the process of deciding where we wanted to live, we visited a whole bunch of other places and, you know, I had a spreadsheet and everything with like all these different (laughs) uh, facts and, and, and things, but we, we visited all over the country, different places. And, and ha- we kind of thought we might land in Denver or maybe Albuquerque or something like a place that was still like a little bit of a bigger city relatively, um, just because that's something that we were so used to. And and we thought we would need that. And we wound up coming back to New Mexico to, to kind of just see, like, did we just have, you know, did it feel so magical and special because we were on vacation and we had a really nice time? Or was that a real feeling? And, you know, we came back here and we really felt connected to it and so we just were like well let's just try it out and we were surprised actually that we wound up in santa fe because we really really thought that if we're going to move to new mexico we would live in albuquerque so um (laughs) but here we are we wound up in santa fe and um and we're still here (laughs) well luckily uh albuquerque is still pretty close so (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i mean santa fe obviously has some some great things to it there's i mean a ton of trails mountains right there skiing but you talked about kind of that weather a little bit and i and i was curious because santa fe can get a bit colder but you know it 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 is a little bit more mild so i I was just kind of curious from your point of view like what is that difference especially during the winter months of of the the coldness the snow and, and that kind of thing and especially running in it. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I, to be totally honest, I, I don't like when it's cold outside and I don't <laughs> like today is especially cold. Um, but you know, I don't, um, it takes a lot for me to get used to that transition of, you know, we have that beautiful fall period where it's just the perfect weather for running and, you know, the days haven't gotten too short yet. Um, and then winter just happens and it, and it gets dark so early and it gets colds um really quickly and there's only like a couple of hours of the day that are like uh, uh, if it if at all like the ideal temperature you know it's like basically like between two and four o'clock and that's not always a great time to get out for a run i mean thankfully i have flexibility and i can go do that but i'm not actually very um uh sort of dedicated or i don't know the right word there but <laughs> uh, you know i'm not always good about just like getting out there during that time um so i definitely like take running a little bit easier in the winter um although the last two winters were i was training basically like either right before like or right before the holidays and into the new year or just after the holidays kind of ramping up training for spring marathons and i am grateful not to have to be doing that uh, <laughs> this winter because it is it's it's kind of draining like mentally um, and, and physically to be putting your body through that during the cold so I, you know but I've run plenty of, of winters in New York which uh, are in some ways colder um, they're more humid so it feels a little bit just icier um, but uh, I don't know there's like thermal city warmth which I don't know I don't know that's necessarily <laughs> colder there than here or vice versa but I know that I can do it which I think helps um and I think that's one of the one things I can say about you know running is one of the things I've done the longest in my life and so I don't feel like anything's impossible I just know what I prefer (laughs) (laughs) well that makes sense and I I definitely you know when I talk to some of my friends who have moved away from here or, or live in other places it is um it is interesting to talk to them they're like oh i'm not i'm not going outside if it's below 30. i'm like yeah but i mean if there's no wind the sun's out it actually doesn't feel that bad it doesn't even feel that cold but you know know. the sun here makes all the difference that's for sure yeah yeah, absolutely and 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 i i kind of forget that (laughs) (laughs) so you know talking about you know coming to santa fe and and running and do you have kind of a go-to spot to go running in Santa Fe? Um, you know, it depends kind of on what my focus is. So, so if it's just short runs, um, you know, I'm just going to run near my house. I mean, this year has been pretty challenging in terms of uh, the coronavirus and all this stuff and, and mask wearing and, and the difficulties that that imposes. And I know, you know, that's a whole tangent we could go down. But in any case, right. <laughs> given all things all things being relatively normal, um, uh, running down the river trail is really nice. And that's close to where I live. So that's really convenient for me. So um, and they've extended it uh, in the past uh, year or two. Um, and they're planning another extension. So right now I can get on at the beginning of the river trail and run three miles one direction and, and then so six mile out and back uh, plus another mile round trip to my house. And then um, and then they're going to extend it, I think, another mile, which will then connect to another park. Um, so I'm not sure oh. what the time frame on that is, but I think that will extend the entire uh, 
river trail another couple of miles. So um, so that's pretty exciting just for living where we live. Um, but also for trails, I live also quite close to La Tierra trails. And, um, and so when I'm doing more trail running um, or even just to mix things up, I'll run up there. And so those places I like because I don't have to drive to get to those necessarily, or if I do, it's only a couple minutes drive. Uh, and then for longer runs, we've done quite a lot of runs in El Dorado and um, for especially during marathon training, because uh, they have a big paved loop around this community that is off the street. And oh. it's about uh, six to 10 feet wide, usually around closer to 10 feet wide in most places. And you only cross the street a couple times and there's, it's not busy out there. So it's really, um, you can just basically run solidly. It's rolling hills and it's the, the loop is nearly nine miles. So it's really great for, for long runs. And they, there's some cut throughs that you can do figure eights and things like that, that can, you know, you can create yourself like a 12 mile loop essentially. So that's a, a, a nice place to go out. Um, it, it can be kind of hard because it's quite windy out there basically all year round. So, <laughs> um, so that, that, and, and, and that with the hills, but it is really beautiful and it's nice to have this more peaceful uh, running experience. And then, you know, there's the rail trail and um, I'll do that if I want to stay in town and I don't want to drive anywhere, I can get to, to the rail trail from my house in about a mile and a half. Uh, and that can be a really nice, just like long out and back run, depending on what I'm doing. So, um, so those are like my usual go-tos. I haven't been doing much trail running, but when we first moved here, I actually did a lot of trail running. Well, that's cool. I can, I can imagine that that would probably be a, a big change from, from Brooklyn being, being able to be like on trails and, and doing that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It was actually really fun. Um, and it was great timing on some level because when we moved here, I uh, was, I had signed up for the, um, Trans Rockies race. Are you familiar with that? I am not. Okay. So that's super fun. It's, uh, I mean, it's brutal, but it's really fun. It's a, <laughs> it's a six day, well, there's a three and a six day version, but, uh, up in, in Colorado and it's a trail it's a it's a race but it's more of like somewhere between a race and sort of adult running summer camp and <laughs> um and so there's a the, i did the six day i signed up for the six day version and basically you're running up and down different mountains like from one mountain town to another in uh in colorado for six days and but it's really great because they take care of all your like they set up your tents and they take care of all your bags and everything and they just catered. And so it's, it feels very luxurious for a sort of, you know, kind of semi glamping, I guess, um, <laughs> you know, there's shower trucks and, and um, so you're running between, um, I don't know, like 13 and 20 something miles each day up and down mountains. And it is very rough, but it's so beautiful. And it was such a kind of really cool way to, to, get you get accustomed to the southwest and and the mountains and and things like that when we first moved here so i was running trails a lot for the first couple of years that we lived here um and then the last in these last couple of years i've been more focused on road races so i've been primarily running roads nice you talk about getting accustomed and 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 running in the mountains just made me kind of think did it take you a while to um get used to the to the elevation Oh yeah, man, that was really rough because we moved here in the winter and, you know, we're wanting to run to explore and to, you know, just get out of the house. And, 
And so just running, uh, <laughs> just running in the winter alone is already hard. Running at right. altitude is hard. Um, and, and so just kind of putting those things together was really rough. And, and, you know, one of the things that I found is that even, you know, after living here, if, if for me, at least if I haven't been doing much cardio, uh, whether that's running or, or otherwise, um, it, I do have to sort of get reacclimated to exercising at a certain intensity at altitude, um, if I haven't been being consistent. And so that's, that's one of the, I think it's, it can be a motivator to just always be at least doing some sort of minimal training, um, (laughs) just to not have to deal with that uphill, like, I guess, literal and figurative uphill, (laughs) um, kind of battle with, with the altitude adjustment. Uh, (laughs) That makes sense. It's a, I've never, kind of heard about having to kind of keep that almost get reaccustomed to it that's that's Mm -hmm. a new one for me but I I grew up you know here in New Mexico so I'm used to the to the altitude so I've never had Mm -hmm. to really deal too much with that so you are a momentum coach and what exactly does that mean (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's something that I named myself, I guess, uh, (laughs) essentially. And I, I've been doing a couple different kinds of coaching for a little while. And I really wanted so I was doing run coaching kind of on one hand, and no one really knew about that unless they did. And then, then that's what I did. And then, um, and then I was also doing coaching around financial wellness. And I really wanted to kind of put everything together because ultimately what I do as a momentum coach and in all of the work that I do is help people live happier and healthier lives. And I really help people identify where they want to go and, you know, where they're starting from. And I kind of help them connect those dots of how they're going to get from point A to point Z. And, um, and so ultimately what I'm doing is helping people build that momentum, build that consistency, towards that life that they want to have. And, um, and I liked that sort of momentum encompassed, you know, both what you think of as like physical action, which, you know, I'm doing through run coaching and personal training. And then, but then also just that forward progress um, when we're working towards our big vision. You know, that, that makes sense. And that idea of kind of movement, it can, I feel at least for me, and I feel like a lot of runners feel the same way. Like, it helps get you started. It helps you process through other things that you are are working on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think a lot of it is just we're all looking through different lenses. You know, I work with with runners who are, you know, looking to uh, prove something to themselves. Um, you know, I, I work with a lot of uh, runners who are new to running or coming back to running. And so they're like, okay, well now, you know, I've, I've reached the stage in my life and I want to kind of level up or see what I can do in, you know, in my post like baby having body or like, you know, like things like that. And so, um, it, so there's that aspect of things, but then there's also, you know, when I work with people on personal finance, it's like, well, that's the lens that we're looking at their life through. Um, but what anybody that I'm, talking to about any of the things they're working on, we're talking about everything else too, you know? So, um, so when I talk to people about their, their finances, I'm also asking them about what the thing, what are the things that they do for fun and what are the other things going on in their life? Um, and when I talk to, to runners, you know, I ask them, you know, about how things, 
you know, at work are going. And, you know, we, we talk about all of these different things because they're all interconnected. Like we can't separate these different parts of our lives from one another. So, um, so it's all related. No, and that, and that absolutely makes sense, especially like, you know, it's, it's hard to, if you're coaching someone and, you know, you have a workout for them in preparation for a race, but, you know, they've got something hanging over them, whether it be work or family, um, money, finances, anything like that, it's, it's going to affect how well they're able to perform that, um, that workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I definitely see the, the connections there, which I, I think is, is actually really, really kind of cute. It's kind of, it's the first time I really kind of heard someone kind of working in both, um, both these realms, but I can definitely see the, the connection between it. Yeah. You know, and everything I've done in my life, you know, I, I, as I was trying to figure out how to bring all these things together, all, you know, I've had a lot of different career paths and different (laughs) things I've tried and, and everything that I've done has really been about having kind of helping people have, uh, this sort of happier and healthier life in one way or another. I worked as a private chef. I've worked as, um, uh, and, and worked in the food space for a good chunk of my, uh, early career. And, um, I've also worked at sustainability nonprofit. I've worked in human resources. And so like all of this is about helping people use their tools, be empowered, um, and kind of live life as best they can, you know, to, a you know, according to their rules and, and to the way that they, you know, their highest ideals. And that makes sense. And again, like kind of a lot of this stuff is on your website, talking about your background, you know, talking about your certifications with um, uh, personal training and, and um, running coach, coach, running coach certifications. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it, definitely seems like you have a lot of experiences where you've kind of i don't know i don't want i don't know if it's making you know choices but having to prioritize what you want in order to to go after to make yourself happy and it it seems like that's a good again another um, good thing that you're able to kind of bring to the table when you're working with people yeah totally i mean i I think I, i really wanted to live, you know, and I still want to live a life that is, um, is dynamic and is, you know, I'm pursuing the things that excite me and that make me happy and that make me feel good and, and hopefully, you know, at least contribute positively to the world around me. And those are all things that are always going to be important to me, but how I go about that might be different, you know, from, you know, from year to year or, you know, phase of life to, to another. And, um, And so, yeah, so like, you know, I think for some people, maybe it's tricky to, to move around the country or to move, you know, move different, do different kinds of jobs or things like that. But um, for me, that is just uh, a part of how I operate in the world. I I think that's, that's pretty cool. Not a lot of people get that opportunity, but it's awesome that you've, you've been able to, to make that work. And I mean, just kind of be excited about it like it's it's we were talking a little bit before and just how the way you try to motivate like when you're on instagram and talking about you know how to prioritize things or what are things that you 
should let go of in order to prioritize, you know, what, what it is you're going for. And then you'll just, um, then you'll just post, you know, a, a dance break or, or, <laughs> or something silly just to like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to be high achieving, but at the same time, not taking yourself too seriously, which is a good, I think it's a good reminder for all of us in, in whatever we're chasing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like, like I, you know, it, for me, I do that for myself because it's a, I have to constantly, so I grew up very focused on academics um, and, you know, making good grades. And I was, you know, in the gifted programs and honors classes and all of these things. And, you know, and to the point of like, what I really liked about running when I was in high school was that one, it was a way for me to relieve stress from all of that. And, um, and it was, you know, a way that I didn't have to like, I already knew I wasn't the best runner and I knew that I couldn't be as fast as most of the other girls on the team, but I knew I could work hard and I knew I could try hard. And I knew I wanted to, like, I liked the competition with myself. It was one of the, the few places where I had that. And, and so, you know, but that, that, that growing up of being, feeling very um, focused and, and very achieving, achievement driven in academics really meant that that's something, you know, and I think a lot of people that I've talked to have a similar experience where you take that like overachieving, overachieving success oriented um, way of thinking into your adult life. And, and, you know, it doesn't help that in the US, you know, that's, a, we're rewarded for that behavior. So, um, <laughs> so we're not really like ever encouraged in a, you know, very actively to to kind of relax out of that or to um, not worry about things not being perfect or, um, or just having fun. And I think especially as adults, we're not encouraged to have fun in a very active sort of way. Um, we're often, you know, fun is a little bit more subdued. Like, you know, you go, you, I don't know, you go, like, you, you go, you go to a poker game or you like go to the movies or you, you know, you like, it's not really, um, you know, fun looks is supposedly looks different, but I think that, um, for me, at least, you know, the more I embrace that playful side of me, which, you know, I am constantly trying to reconnect to um, the happier I feel, the more the lighter I feel, the, the more I can say that I don't have to take myself so seriously in order to, to be good at things or order in order to be successful. Um, I don't have to be, you know, I, like, I don't have to look at things like in such a in such a black and white sort of way. I think I think that's good. And I think that's a trap that it's so easy, like you said, to just kind of fall into like, well, this is how things are and, and things should be subdued or, or this or that. But, um, you know, I, I interviewed um, uh, Dr. Anthony Flagg from Running Medicine just recently, and he, he talked about, you know, the... <laughs> You know, when when you're a kid, the happiest times are when you're running around and just just kind of being wild and, and finding that joy back in running and or whatever you do is just mm -hmm. um, I think so important. You know, it's easy to get caught up in chasing numbers and chasing PRs and, and, and this and that, which I think are great. I mean, I'm still doing it, but having that opportunity to find like what do you find joy in it? So it doesn't become just a slog. And, and I think that's important for, for the workplace too, and in, in all parts of your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to your point too, like, I think that's really important in running and I've definitely had 
phases in my life where I've been very, you know, in my sort of running life where I've been very focused on, um, you know, hitting those PRs or just, you know, training extra hard, um, trying different techniques to see what works. And, um, and I think that that can be really beneficial because sometimes you need different ways of pushing yourself or to kind of seeing what, what's possible. But I know, and I saw this a lot in, in the running group I was in, you know, this wasn't true for everyone, but there were certain groups of people who would get very competitive with each other, which was helping them all improve. But it got to the point where people were overtraining a lot and, and, um, you know, injuring themselves and, you know, or just kind of burning out, you know, because I, I've certainly had years, I, I this, my 10, my own tendencies tend to be like, I'll have a really, you know, big training year or a lot of racing, and then I'll just feel like, okay, I'm done with that. Like, I don't need to do any of that for maybe another year, maybe two years, and then I'll kind of have these waves. And then occasionally it it doesn't work out like that. But, you know, that's, um, but I find that for me, I have to, to, it's okay to have these like more striving periods of wanting to be really, I guess, a bit more aggressive, you know, in, in my approach. But that doesn't, for me, that doesn't work all the time, because it's like, what the things that I love the most about running are being outside, like when, especially if it's the weather is nice, you know, or the sun is shining or there's some sort of redeeming quality. Um, and I like, you know, the feel of moving my body and so, um, and feeling healthy and strong. And so, and I don't have to run for 15 miles to prove that to myself. You know, I can run for three miles. I could run for one mile, you know, I could go for a run up the hill and come back down, you know? So, um, so I think that those are things that are really important for, all of us as runners to to kind of accept the cycles and also to find that joy in, in what we're doing. Um, because, you know, I, I think I was really inspired seeing and still am, but like, you know, when I first started racing more, seeing runners in their 80s, 90s and, and you know, running these races and, and I was like, they've been running for, you know, I mean, some of them their whole lives and some of them, you know, less long, but like, I was like, that's what I want. I want to be able to run my entire life. Um, and I'm not going to potentially get to that point if I sort of burn out because I've just lost all the the joy in it. I I'm right there with you. I, I, I am so excited to, <laughs> and I don't know why, just something so exciting about being, being able to do this for as long as I possibly can is just so it, it it just makes me happy mm-hmm. and, and so kind of on that note and and you know making sure you're you're doing things to not burn yourself out and and that you have that joy for it you know we're coming up um actually with this this episode is going to be airing on july january not july wow mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. January 3rd. So, you know, we're we're in the new year when this airs and, you know, a lot of people are going to be focused on setting goals for 2021. You know, hopefully races will be back. Um, you know, with the vaccines out, things might return to some semblance of normalcy. And so, you know, as kind of a momentum coach, as someone who talks people through some goal setting, you know, what are, what are some tips that you can kind of give out to like, not, not overdoing your goals, but, you know, finding, I guess maybe finding some joy in it, finding um, reasonable goals, you know, things like that. Yeah. um, I I think, you know, one of the big things that I always talk a lot about is intention and, 
our intention can change, right? But our intention is the guiding force. It's the sort of glue, the emotional, uh, soulful place that our our goals are coming from. And so if we're thinking about running goals in particular, I know this year, 2020, you know, has been very challenging um, for a lot of runners because um, you know, races got canceled and and sometimes the races are really motivating factors for us. And, you know, I was supposed to run Boston for the first time this year and that got postponed and then postponed and then canceled. And, um, and so, you know, so there was some, you know, certainly disappointment in that in some ways for me, but I think, um, you know, sort of like, well, what's the intention? So for me, running is a way for me to get outside. It's a way for me to stay healthy. Um, so, you know, stay in, in shape, even if I'm running minimally. And so, so like at a baseline, that's always my intention, right? Is to, is, is to stay, uh, healthy and, you know, mentally and physically and to get outside. So it's like, okay, those are, that's like an intention place. But I think coming from, um, like nailing down those intentions of how you want to feel. So, the goal ultimately is about a feeling you want to have. So if you think about that first, um, then it makes makes the sort of uh, nailing down the details of the goal a little bit easier. And so the you know a goal could be to PR, or it could be to you know streak for a month, or it could be um, to run a certain number of miles over the course of a year. I mean, those are may or may not be meaningful metrics or ideas to you, but you know, I, so that's just like going from a running goals perspective, but goals, I mean, in general, coming from a place of intention is always going to be the best place because it means that if you have to sort of redo your goal because of things that come up in, in life or the world, that if you can still stick with your, that sort of heartfelt place, um, you can more easily change direction, if that makes sense. No, I, I think that definitely makes sense um especially like you said it, it can be more fluid if you're stuck on um take you know like running for example if you're stuck on a specific time and something comes up or your training doesn't go well you know whatever it is it, it hard it becomes hard to be fluid in um in changing that goal or understanding like you may not have hit that but you hit this while going through everything you went through mm -hmm. and and so I, I, that makes a lot of sense to kind of take that that feeling that intention of this is where i'd like to be this is how i'd like to feel and i think that's an easier thing that can be um shifted i like that yeah, yeah. well you know and i think as like a tangible example i had a, a client this year who really uh, ran her first marathon last year and um, really her goal was to get through the marathon and she did great. And then this year she wanted to focus on um, her speed so that she could run another marathon or half and um, do it faster. And so we, you know, did some really targeted workouts around um, increasing her speed and focusing on that. And, you know, she didn't have specific numbers in mind. Um, I mean, I think that's one of the nice things about being a beginner is that you don't necessarily have all of these numbers that you're, you know, well, I used to be able to do this or like I should be able to get there, um, you know, just more of like I just want to do better than, than I did last year. And um, but, you know, the focus of having speed be her main focus from a running perspective um, was really helped everything that we did this year because 
everything came back to like, okay, well, let's, you know, we're going to do, you know, mile time trials, or we're going to do uh, 5k time trials. Um, and, and doing that, you know, having those as like kind of these little milestones in between everything else, um, especially this year, because, you know, races got canceled. And, and so she didn't have those to kind of focus on, um, we were able to kind of create these other uh, touch points throughout the year with that idea of speed being, um, being the main, the main intention. Well, that makes, again, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it just seems, you know, she may not have been able to run a, a race, but she can see, like you said, through those time trials that she was able to, to hit those speed goals, um, or, or at least see where she is progressing towards those speed goals throughout the year, which I think is, is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, you're, You've got some things coming up in this new year. I was looking at your website. You've got some different workshops coming up. Do you want to talk about those? Sure. Um, so January, I'm doing so much because um, <laughs> because as you as you mentioned, you know, the beginning of the year is a time where we're thinking a lot about how we want the, our life to look for the year ahead. And I think 2020 has been obviously hard in so many ways, but because we had so many things we had to sort of set aside or throw out, um, I think that at least I know that I'm feeling this way of kind of feeling like, okay, like, let me really think about how I can, you know, what I want to, what I want to do in 2021, or how can I create um, goals and objectives that, you know, can, can kind of roll with the punches a little bit, because we still don't know what's going to happen totally, right? <laughs> right, in 2021. So, um so yeah, so I have um, a few different workshops and webinars and things like that coming up um, around a couple around money. So I'm doing um, one uh, called uh, How to Be Money Smart towards the end of the month. I'm also doing two planning workshops for the year. So um, so a time for us to kind of get together and, and think through what, what are those intentions we want to have for the year um, and how can we kind of create a 90-day game plan to kickstart us off in the right direction. And then we're also also doing um, a webinar around productivity. And um, there, I know there's another couple of them, but <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing a lot of, uh, just a lot of kind of things to kind of jumpstart the year in, um, in a strong way to, to create that momentum and to help kind of take that energy that you know, so many of us have at the beginning of the year and that focus that we have at the beginning of the year and helping, you know, helping to just propel, um, propel us strongly into the months ahead. Awesome. And, you know, kind of, you know, on that note, you know, people have that focus now coming into the new year, but, you know, these are things that people can do at any point in the year and you pretty constantly have um, some workshops or things going on. And so where can people check out what you have, um, you know, what you're doing for that month or coming up? Yeah, so everything's always on my website. So that's asiamarsh.com and um, all my upcoming events or any programs that I'm starting are um, always going to be prominently featured on the website. Um, and that's always the best place, but uh, also Instagram. I'm always posting about upcoming events um, and other goings on on Instagram. And I'm at asia.marsh on Instagram. 
Awesome. And I'll put links to both of those in the show notes so people can just click out of there and obviously share your Instagram um, profile when, when this goes live as well. Awesome. And so I, I do want to go back for a minute um, you know, because we didn't really talk too much about your Boston qualifying. Obviously, Boston got canceled this last year. Did you end up doing the virtual or... I feel like there was an option to push off your um, uh, your qualified mark to the next year. Yeah, so that's what I opted for. Um, I mean, you could do both. I think you could do the virtual and, you know, do the, um, since the virtual, I mean, there's no way. I mean, I shouldn't say there's no way. I used to say there was no way I'd ever run a marathon. But <laughs> um, but the idea of, of doing a marathon um, just solo did not really appeal to me at all. My partner was going to do it and then he got injured. So unfortunately he didn't get to, but, um, so yeah, so the way that I guess they're doing it is uh, right now, Boston 2021 is meant to be held in September. And, um, and because most people of course were not able to run uh, qualifying races within the, within the period, basically, if you qualified for 2020, you automatically qualify for 21, but you still have to re register. I think, um, I feel like as of now, they haven't released all of the, the like sort of next steps um, right. for how that's going to work. But um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to sort of wait and see what happens there. Um, but I, it was, it was kind of a bummer because it was, you know, the first time I ever qualified for Boston and the first time I really tried to be honest. So, um, and, um, and so it was kind of a bummer to not get to do it and then to feel like, you know, anything could still happen between now and right. September and, um, you know, in the world, in my body, like any of those things. And so just like, okay, so, um, you know, we'll just see, <laughs> we'll see how it goes, how it goes, but hopefully, um, hopefully I'll get to run it in September because that's certainly a huge milestone. Yeah, I hope so too. I know it's one of the, the kind of the big ones when, when people talk about marathons, it's, well, have you, have you qualified for Boston? Did you know, that's always kind of one of the big things. So, I mean, just to be able to qualify is pretty awesome. And, and hopefully, um, you and your partner would be able to, to tow that line in September. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, one more question on that note, do you and your partner often get to, to run together or does he, do you guys have different schedules and so you just kind of are running, um, on your own most of the time? Um, you know, we've run more together the past couple months than we have in a long time. And that's um, in part. Um, so I did I did do a virtual 10K um, over Thanksgiving. So I was kind of ticking up my running. So he was running a bit more with me and he'd taken a hiatus from running to try and heal an injury. And so um, so in a way, he's, you know, he's significantly faster than me. So <laughs> it was fun to kind of be on a little bit more even uh, even uh healing for a little while and so we still we're still running together somewhat um he actually asked me to run with him more than than i asked him to run with me <laughs> um, but we do you know it is nice to be able to do that um and just you know run around the neighborhood or run down the river trail uh together and and um and so we're you know we're not always especially for training for stuff we don't often run together but we might start out together so if we go run in el dorado or something like that we'll you know, make a plan and then he'll just be waiting for me at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I, I enjoy that, you know, people who have that, that connection, it's just a, a fun little extra 
you know, perk to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's really fun to, you know, when we were both, you know, we, we both ran uh, the same races last year um, and, and early this year we, we ran a half marathon. And so it was nice to be, even though we weren't running together, mostly it was fun to still be going through that training process together and be able to have that to share and talk about. And, um, and it does really make a big difference. Cause I found that when he stopped running uh, earlier this year to, deal with his injury, I um, was less inclined to go out, even though we weren't running together that much before. But it's just that kind of like who you're around, right? And right. how they inspire you. So um, so it's nice that he's running again, because that helps me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And that makes sense for sure. <laughs> now, do you coach him at all? Um, you know, we did. I did sort of last year um, create a training plan for him. And, and we had some accountability um, kind of circling around with, with that. Um, and he likewise coached me. Um, so we did grandma's marathon in, uh, 2019 and that was where I, uh, qualified for Boston and he did kind of help me. I mean, he was not coaching me the entire time, but he was in a, in a, a big way, really helping me kind of figure out some of my workouts and my mileage. And, and that was really helpful for me um, because he'd qualified and run Boston already um, at, at, at different points. And, and so um, just having someone else kind of help me with that was really useful and push me in a way that I wouldn't have pushed myself uh, was really great, which is why we, why we hire coaches, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, so like, I think, you know, in some ways it was challenging um, to, for us to coach each other but I think it was a fun uh, thing to try and to see how that felt. And um, and I think it was still useful. I mean, I think we both got stuff out of it, but I think uh, sometimes, you know, that, that there, there's just a lot of intimacy there between like, <laughs> you know, living together where, you know, uh, our relationship and the sort of coaching and, and, um, and running, you know, essentially the same races. And so just sort of like, oh, like, just leave me alone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can definitely see that. I'm always curious about that. You know, the the people who are in relationships with with the people they're they're coaching because it it seems like it would um you really have to know those boundaries. Yeah, um, but I think he did. I think he did a much better job coaching me than I did coaching him. In sense, <laughs> but, um, you know, my the sort of I sort of did what he said at a certain point. Um, because he, he tends to, he leads me in the right direction. You know, he really was like, he's like, here's what you need to do. If you want to, you know, qualify for Boston, I think you should run this, this mileage. And I he's like, I think you should run a 60 mile week. And I, to me, that was just, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Uh, <laughs> I was like, but I will try it, you know? And so just to see that I, you know, was able to do several um, weeks over 50 miles and, and feel okay. And then, you know, get, and then I, I did, I qualified for Boston with time to spare. And, and that was, um, it was just something that I, I couldn't really believe. I mean, I don't know if you've, if you've ever been in a race or a situation where kind of like looking at your watch as you go and you're like, I'm going to do it. Like I'm looking at my watch and I was like, I'm going to like, it's, it's happening, you know? <laughs> um, and, um, and so it was really exciting to, to, um, actually to do it you know to train for something and and then it works out because that's not always the case that, uh, yeah completely true and uh, it's amazing especially with you know something that long you know 26 miles anything can can kind of happen but um you know this is this has been a lot of fun uh talking with you i think this is a 
uh, a good spot to kind of end at. Um, you know, my last question is the same thing I ask everybody, and that's just what uh, what are you listening to to kind of maybe get you pumped, get you motivated, get you moving, get you in one of your, you know, in a brain break during the day? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, my sort of always go-tos is like generally disco music. Um, (laughs) I have really liked disco music since I was in, I don't know, middle school or high school. I don't really know how that ever happened, but um, here I am still, I still like it. And um, I think it's hard to like be too serious while listening to disco music. So maybe that's something I like about it. Um, And, um, and then like kind of, my sort of pump up jams um, tend to be like Lizzo or Sia. Like they both have a lot of sort of like empowerment and confidence in their, in their uh, lyrics. And they also have some really good, great songs that, um, that kind of like get you going. So those are some of my usual go-tos or at least on my, on my workout playlist. Sounds, those sound like some, some good choices. Disco's definitely, it's hard to, to, to be serious listening to anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, again, like I said, this, this was a lot of fun. Um, you know, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Oh, gosh, we asked so many great questions. Um, you know, I feel like certainly we could just be talking about this stuff for a long time, but I really appreciate you having me in for everything that you, you know, all the stuff we talked about. That was great. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at Mexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.